Literary Scape presents the historical, inspirational book club podcast, the first of its kind. This show is for those who love clean romance adventure stories from the 1800s. In this episode, Tiffany, Jessica, and Melissa will be discussing book one of the Silver Lining Ranch series, Love's Silver Lining by Julie Lessman. Remember to sign up for Julie's giveaway. More details will be at the end of the show. Desperate to escape an arranged marriage to a womanizer, 22-year-old Maggie Mullaney flees New York City for Virginia City, Nevada with her Aunt Liberty, two spunky suffragists intent on bettering the life of women. Fresh out of nursing school, Maggie hopes to devote herself to serving others rather than just one man, a goal quickly affirmed when she encounters Blaze Donovan, a womanizing cowboy who both riles and rouses her pulse. But when Aunt Liberty's parents' house burns down, she and Maggie are coerced into staying at the ranch of Liberty's ex-husband, Flynn McShane, who just happens to be the uncle of the cocky cowboy Maggie had hoped to avoid. If there's one thing 29-year-old Blaze Donovan can't abide, it's respectable women who spout piety and prayer. So when he butts heads with perky Maggie Mullaney at St. Mary Louise Hospital, he wants to stay as far away from her as he possibly can. Unfortunately, she now lives in the bedroom next to his in his uncle's ranch house, a revolting development that sends Blaze to the Ponderosa Saloon more than usual. But when Maggie interferes in Blaze's life by converting his favorite disrespectable saloon girl, Blaze is determined to make her pay. Only problem is, the price he has to pay may be a little too steep for his heart. So there's so many things to talk about in this book, and I'm hoping we have time to discuss it all, but... Let's start with the opening scene. Our leading man, Blaze, who is Finn's nephew, and our leading lady, Maggie, who is Liberty's goddaughter, meet for the first time in a rather humorous situation. So I'm going to read the first part of that scene, and then I want you to tell me what your reaction was to the opening scene. Ma'am, I could sure use your help. A gasp caught in Maggie's throat as she lurched back inside the window, almost bumping her head at the sight of a bandaged cowboy peeking out of the stairwell. Her jaw dropped, and not just any cowboy, a near-naked bandaged cowboy. (laughs) She swallowed hard, eyes circled in shock as she scanned from a well-worn Stetson down a bare-sculpted torso, partially swathed in gauze. A very muscular, handsome, near-naked cowboy. Too stunned to avert her gaze, she was mortified to discover that her eyes had a mind of their own. Before she could look away, they scanned down a sheet awkwardly wrapped around slim hips, past bunch material to powerful legs attached to mammoth bare feet. Near faint, she jerked her gaze back up to a crooked smile that literally stuttered her pulse. Cheeks pulsing with heat, she immediately slapped a hand to her eyes, quite certain that none of the patrons she treated at the Bellevue School of Nursing ever looked like the specimen before her. Uh, I realize this is a shock, ma'am, his low voice began, the barest hint of a smile lending us husky tease to his tone. Shock? Maggie plastered another hand to her face, unable to dispel the image of brawn now branded in her brain. For the love of Florence Nightingale, this went well beyond to down to beyond shock to downright indecent. But I'd be much obliged if you'd retrieve my clothes, boots, and holster from the nurse's station so I can go home, ma'am. Avoiding scaring any more unsuspecting young ladies such as yourself. 
Maggie squeezed her eyelids shut behind her hands, pretty sure one unsuspecting young lady was already scarred for life. How did you react to that? I couldn't stop reading. (laughs) (laughs) So it totally hooked you. Totally hooked. And hogged. Yes. (laughs) I liked it. It was funny. Like, you got to know them, and then you kind of realize. It's not a typical way that you... Meet begin a, yeah. 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 meet a character or begin a story. Yeah. Liked it. I absolutely loved it. I laughed so hard. And then I was intrigued like you. Because I'm like, oh, my word. Just p- picture yourself being in Maggie's shoes. And then, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm trying Fred Nurse or Frederick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What they call her? The nun that runs it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think I'd be scared of her. <laughs> they get along so well, though. No, I mean, like, but, blazes in, like how she's oh. yelling at, bla- like, I don't think I would be one that'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'll, I'll do he what just, you say. I think he just laughs it off. Yeah, like, no he big laughs deal. it off. Yeah. No big deal. All right. So before we discuss more of the story, let's talk about our characters. Julie wrote this story with two love storylines, Blaze and Maggie and Finn and Liberty. What are your thoughts on these characters? I think in the between Blaze and Maggie and Finn and Liberty, it kind of flip-flopped. Like, when you had Finn and Liberty, mm-hmm. Liberty was the stubborn one. And Finn was more the grounded. Mm-hmm. And in this one, Blaze is the stubborn yep. re- part of the relationship that will bloom later on. Mm-hmm. Whereas Maggie is firm in her faith. And so I think it's... The yin and the yang for uh-huh. both of them kind of coming together. So, I mean, I like it. How she yeah. pulls them two together for both of them. Yeah. Any thoughts from you, Jessica? I did like how there was two love stories in the book. Not just usually there's just one. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of got to see how Finn and Liberty were going to, how Finn was going to try to win Liberty back mm-hmm. on that. And then trying to see if Maggie and Blaze's relationship will... Where, well, the, where just, it's going to go. Yeah, where it's gonna go if, if it's just going to be like from best friends to something more. Mm-hmm. So for Liberty, my thoughts were she's the same as what she was in the. Yeah, she's very stubborn. First. She, yeah, she's very slow to change. Whereas Finn, I put that he's grown so much. Mm-hmm. And I love who he is now. I mean, I loved who he was in the first one, but I, I love it, him even more now. And then what he has done for his nieces and nephews. And Jake, he pretty much adopted Jake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, who runs, is the foreman, assistant foreman at the ranch. Yeah. That's right, because Blaze is the foreman. Yeah. For Blaze, I, my thoughts were he's wild, mm-hmm. but has potential. and for maggie i just put strong woman of faith i love her she is so grounded Mm -hmm. absolutely love it grounded in god that's what i need to say so finn has mellowed out since the prequel he's taken in his two nephews blaze and dash and his two nieces sheridan and shaley along with jake from the orphanage how did this development in his life affect your opinion of him I think it really, like you said, grounded him. And I think he realized, I have to be a father figure and raise these guys now. And he loved it. So, um, and it was something, you know, that he missed out on. Right, because they didn't have children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I just think it was really good for Finn. I liked how he stepped in and played that role and was like a father to him. Mm -hmm. It definitely made me respect him more. Because in the first book, you know, we saw him grow 
um, from the beginning, kind of the womanizer. Mm-hmm. You see him really go through this transformation. Yeah. I put the same thing. Like, my respect for him yeah. grew so much. And I think it, every woman loves that in a man, a man yeah. that's gentle enough to take on kids and willing to do that, step in and be that father figure. And I just fell in love with his character more. What were your thoughts on Liberty's parents, Mr. and Mrs. O'Shea? Her dad was very controlling. It was like his way or no way. You're going to do it my way. It's just the way it's done. And his mom, I loved her mom. She was really sweet and everything. And I like how it, without saying too much, kind of how their marriage came to be. Mm -hmm. And it it really shows what can happen. You know, like they really did care for and love each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, she really sided, I think, with Liberty, but was the one to stand with her husband. But her husband was just like, you know, yeah, a, really, a banker, a lot of money. I control this stuff of your life. Yeah, he never uh, gave up control. No, so Did like, he? you know, if you don't do what I say, you lose this. He manipulates to get it. Yeah. Which you find that out as you read the yes. book. But he was doing it, though. For the good of Liberty, like in his mind, he he's, thought he was doing it like in the beginning and then trying to correct a mistake. But he went about it all the wrong way. I do like that he came back. Yeah. And corrected his mistake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only way he knew how to do it. But it just went all the wrong way. Like I, I put in there when I looked at that question that I, I love their care, how their characters grew mm-hmm. and how they drew closer to God, because that's what caused her dad. I mean, really just coming, coming to Christ. I think, I mean, he was older when it happened, but that is what mm-hmm. made the change and helped him decide that he screwed up and he's going to try to help make it right. And I'm trying to picture what he looks like. Like there was this description of him, mm-hmm. but I still couldn't get a clear, like, Oh, is he short? Yeah. You know, to me, I see him as a tall, very kind oh. of a... See, yeah. I pictured him more like, and it, I could be way wrong, a bit like the Monopoly man. I don't know. I oh. hear banker and I yeah. think of the Monopoly man. So I, yeah. I know that is a real person, but uh, uh, what popped in my mind? Yeah. I pictured Grandpa Lunsford. Oh, yeah. Because he was a businessman. He was mm-hmm. savvy. In that, and he he was always saying, "This is what needs to be done, and this is what you should be doing." Yeah. He, so, but no, then, yeah, with us though, he spoiled us rotten. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the cooks Gert and Angus brought a lot of humor to the story. What did you think about them? I loved them. I loved the one where there was like the two dessert fins. Like there will be no more two desserts at dinner again, <laughs> and. <laughs> Like how they thought their dessert was better. Although I have to say, I would go with Angus on the one because I'm not a big lemon meringue fan. Uh, Remember how they were arguing? What was his? Cobbler? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would probably totally go for the cobbler, but like. I think Melissa should make these for us next Yeah. Time. Oh, would you like <laughs> to <laughs> battle it out? Yeah. There was cinnamon we... ice cream mentioned in the one with apple pie. All these yummy mm-hmm. recipes. Yeah. So <laughs> I will have to talk to Julie and see if she has those recipes. Oh, yeah. And I just love picturing them like Gert. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. So she's wearing that one outfit and then he wants her to be dressed in a French maid. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, okay, French maid doesn't even go. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I couldn't get Angus's name. is like Angus Steak. Yeah. I just like, <laughs> he was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Uh, 
But I think it let, added humor to the story where it needed to be. It was just, yeah. it didn't exclude them. Like, she included them in the family thing. And they went, they watched the family functions together and stuff. So, I mean, it wasn't. I was kind of expecting a love story to bloom out of that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like, oh, no, there's something going to happen with these two. Yeah. But Mrs. Poppy comes back in this one. Mm-hmm. And she remains a part of Finn and Liberty's life. And her and Liberty have a touching moment on page 275. So I'm going to kind of read just a little section of it. And I'm just curious what your thoughts were on what Mrs. Poppy said. So she, they've been talking and Mrs. Poppy asked Libby, have you prayed about it? Libby blinked. The thought of prayer so foreign to her now that heat braised her cheeks. A lump dipped in her throat. Uh... Mrs. Poppy patted her hand while a soft chuckle drifted from her lips. No fret, darling. God already knows we're not perfect. It's certainly no surprise to him when we falter or fail, or even forget how much he loves us. She settled back in her chair with that serene smile that had never failed to calm Libby's soul. Frail hands holding her teacup in her lap as she watched the baseball game with a faraway look. It is, in fact, because of our falterings, our failings, our forgetting just how much he wants to be a part of our lives that he went to the cross in the first place to wipe the slate clean. So none of that matters a whit to him if we just call on his name, dear girl. Translucent lids closed as she lifted her face to the sky, her words as steady and sure as the scripture on her lips. You, O Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Any thoughts on that one? Shows how much Libby's fallen away from God yeah. at this point. The she, prayer was not even something she considered. But Finn, at this point, that's his immediate go-to Yeah, yeah. when they come across or when he comes across any struggle. I just love her wisdom. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need that person in your life that says, remember, <laughs> remember right, this right. and point you back. So, and that our God is a God of second chances. Love that. I like the wipes the slate clean part. Mm -hmm. She also gives her more wisdom about men, love, and marriage. So I'm just going to read a short section here. And my question afterward, well, I should say this. I've never heard it explained this way before. And would you agree with her statement about men here? So Mrs. Poppy gave a slow nod of commiseration. Ah, yes. Anger can often distort the lens of wisdom, something I soon discovered in my own marriage. But you know, it's a funny thing about the men we love, Libby. They're desperate to know they're more important than anything else in our lives. Pausing to take a sip of her tea, she settled the cup back in the saucer, pinning Libby with a penetrating stare. Because, you see, that's how they measure true love. But I'm afraid they come by it honestly. Libby tipped her head. What do you mean? The softest of laughter bubbled from the old woman's lips as she slipped Libby a mischievous wink. Why like father like son, of course. Libby blinked in confusion. I'm not sure I understand. A soft giggle drifted in the air as Mrs. Poppy took another drink of her tea. I mean, they're no different than the God who created them, Libby, who longs to know that he, too, is the most important thing in our lives, longs to know that we love him enough to trust him with the desires of our heart, choosing his will over our own. But you know what the really extraordinary thing about that is? So Libby shook her head, barely aware she was holding her breath. A twinkle lit the old woman's eyes as she bent close to Libby's chair, her face so luminous she could have been an angel sent straight from above. When we make him the most important thing in our lives, our desires become his and 
his, ours, unleashing a fierce yearning in him to bless us beyond measure. Because never forget, my dear, love begets love and blessing begets blessing. She sighed, the sound almost melancholy. That was a lesson I learned the hard way in my own marriage to Pastor Poppy. Thoughts on that? I love the love begets love. Mm-hmm. I try to remember that. Sometimes it's hard. But <laughs> yeah. Yes. I did like how she twisted it into a marriage, you know, yeah. how to deal with spouse in that way. Mm-hmm. That a man wants to know that he's important mm-hmm. to you. So I asked Derek that. Because I said, let me read this little section. Do tell me, like, is this what men really think? Because a lot of the books I read, he's like, that is not how a man would react. (laughs) (laughs) Or that's not what a man would think. So uh, he agreed with it. He said, yeah. And I would say, well, yeah, they're made in his image. And then we're made from them. So (laughs) it's just we're wired. Men are wired different than women. So they desire respect. We desire love. All right, so as Mrs. Poppy and Liberty wrap up their talk, Mrs. Poppy ends the conversation with this line. And that is, my dear child, that one's heart's desire desires belong at the foot of the throne where a father who truly loves us can give them their flight. I love this line because it's such a reminder of how much our Father in Heaven loves us and what He can do for us if we just let Him. Any thoughts on that? Sometimes I forget that. Yeah. Like he already knows our desires because he placed them in our heart. And if we just let go and let him take control, our pastor described it as we're the natural and he's the super. And when we put it together, we get supernatural. (laughs) (laughs) And and sometimes you just have situations where you're like, why did this happen? Or Yeah. You know. And you have ultimately, moments. you know, even if it's something as simple as, oh, why is there a tractor in front of me on the road? Like, why yeah. is it going so slow? And I just or an Amish buggy. God is protecting me from something. You know, he doesn't yeah. want me to be there in I, at, at that exact time. Yeah. I remember a story where King and I were going, I think to Grandma and Grandpa's. Mm-hmm. And I forgot something at the house. And we had to turn around. And when we came back, there was an accident. Mm-hmm. And King goes, do you realize that if we did not turn around, we would have been in that accident? Mm-hmm. And you don't think of them like, oh, we just got to turn around. We got to run back. And yeah. then you see, and there was, and I was like, oh, yeah. It Hans recently, too. Yeah. Oh, really? If we wouldn't have, you know, that bad one on 30, and mm-hmm. he wouldn't have slept in that day because <laughs> I didn't have to work. So he slept in a little Right. Bit. Yeah, I mean, he came up on it like five minutes after it happened. So yeah, five ten minutes, which is his shower. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. We had that over when Derek and I worked at camp. I was waiting outside the boys' staff cottage, which is right next to uh, the hall cottage. Mm-hmm. And he came out, and then he goes, "Oh, I forgot something. I don't remember what it was." He went back in. Then he came out. He goes, oh, I forgot my gum. And he went back in and get it. So the third time he comes out, I'm like, finally, like, we're going to be able to go take a walk, whatever. We start walking away and um, Pete's wife comes out on the porch yelling for help because Pete was having a heart attack. So I, so it's so funny. Like, you think, like, I'm a little frustrated that Derek can't remember what he wants to have in his pocket, you know, (laughs) so we can take our walk and, you know, but then there was a purpose to it because he went and got help and I went inside and there's not much I could do, but yeah. So he survived the heart attack, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. 
So Rachel is another side character that ends up playing a crucial role in Blaze's life. I love the truth she spoke to Blaze when Maggie helped her learn the difference between love and lust. And I think making the distinction distinction between love and lust is hard for everyone. And when we fall into lust, it is heartbreaking and can lead to decisions we regret. I like the simple way Julie wove this concept into the story. So I'm just going to read just a little snippet of that so you can kind of understand how she described it. She said, no matter how much I thought I loved you, she continued, Maggie saved both of us from a horrible mistake because she taught me that love without commitment really isn't love at all. I think distinguishing between love and lust is hard. I don't know what you guys think. I agree. But then I'm like, it's that simple. Yeah. (laughs) And remember, Maggie was like, she pushed Blaze away because he wasn't making a commitment. And Mm -hmm. she said, that isn't God's will. And therefore, I won't follow it. Even after he said he would, like he yeah, it's was like, yeah. following what she wanted, but not following all the way through. Mm-hmm. Just a reminder that God's ways are there to protect and bless us. We just have to be willing to follow him. At the end, the family is celebrating Thanksgiving. They each take a turn sharing something they're thankful for. Do you have any traditions like this with your family? We do. Uh, with all the, you know, we have, I think we're up to 12 oh, wow. <laughs> grandkids at my parents' house. So I, I know it's something we just do. It was really cute when they were younger and, you know, go around and say what they're thankful for while we're waiting for dad to carve the turkey. Mm-hmm. You know, this past year, they're all teenagers, well, mostly teenagers now. So it's a little different, but yeah. <laughs> They're probably like, thankful for my phone. Yeah, you know, (laughs) just like food and, you know. (laughs) But when they were little, it was so so sweet. We don't, we didn't have a tradition like that growing up. But then Derek's family, the first Thanksgiving I did with them, they did that. Well, I mean, they had always done it, but I was like... I have to talk in front of all these people. I know. And we just, you know, I'm always like, when that happens, you're like, I don't know what to say. I like, just said, I'm really thankful for Derek. Of course, they all, of course they all laugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are started like as they got a little bit old, you know, they do uh-huh. the, we did crafts and stuff while we were waiting for mm-hmm. it to finish up, you know, again, when they're in that fun stage. Yes. Yeah. Now it's there. It's older, but. And just started, so we just keep do. It was so cute that we keep doing it. Yeah, that's yeah, neat. Yeah. It's funny how traditions start. Yeah, and then they'll probably carry that on. I hope so with their family, just to remind us. We've never done that in our family, not for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Do you know our strongest family tradition is the family reunion? Mm-hmm. It really is. It happens every year and whatnot. So. Uh, the other tradition his family has is at Christmas, his mom bakes a, a birthday cake and puts a candle in it and we sing happy birthday to Jesus. Aw. And then we let the kids blow out the candle. But. <laughs> well, I, Keen and I started that tradition, like every year we get like a Hallmark ornament for the yep. tree. Mm-hmm. And so the kids pick some out and then he also started not too long ago, family p- Christmas pajamas. Yes. And our first ones, he got at Walmart and we were all the Incredibles. So we had like one piece of onesies and they come with the black mask. And so I continue those. I know. I love getting pictures on Christmas morning. You're like, what's your PJs this year? So cute. Yeah. What are some of your favorite scenes or lines from the story? Anytime Maggie talks. I mean, she is just how she remembers the scriptures and and uses them and her daily life is mm-hmm. amazing to me so it makes me want to be more like, like more her. like her yes <laughs> i was kind of shocked when liberty started drinking that wine like on the train 
Oh, yeah. Oh, and I then forgot. at the restaurant. Oh, I know. And I was like, I wonder what she's like. <laughs> and then she threw up everywhere. Yeah. Like, I think that showed an important thing when you're, you know, in yeah. the past relationship that I had. I mean, you kind of have to numb yourself a little bit. Yeah. And you know what you're doing isn't necessarily what God wants you to do. And I mean... I'm guilty yeah. of that. Yeah. Unfortunately, guilty of that. Well, not anymore. It's not, done. Yeah, I know. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you understand. Like you I understood connect. that scene very well. So, yeah. yeah, I guess I was just kind of shocked. I've never had that in any of our stories. And then yeah. she drank so much that that happened. I was yeah. like, and like Finn just drank coffee. Yeah. Like he didn't even partake in it. Well, remember he said he wouldn't anymore after he came into a relationship with God. He dropped that. Yeah. I liked the intro. I liked Finn carrying Liberty out of the hotel. It reminded me of McClintock. And I love that movie. (laughs) I liked Maggie and Blaze in the loft when he gave her the necklace and was like, yeah, I will marry you. And then he wants favors Mm. she's like i need a date and we're not doing this and i just love that she was able to be firm she loved him she felt the same passion wanted him the same way he wanted her but she held firm to i'm not doing that unless you're my husband and then i like rachel and blaze's conversation in the diner um that was another favorite scene of mine just talking through because you i mean once you read the book you understand that background of that relationship too and then my favorite is blaze and finn going after maggie and liberty because i always love it when the men go after their women so <laughs> i loved it how blaze and them always use sparking like oh, i know sparking sparking yeah. that was the term they used back then I though know, but so. It sounds so funny oh yeah. we just do some sparking <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share Right, we're gonna move into how would you rate? Oh, oh, I, oh. Do. I do like how Gert. I forgot to say this. I love how she's not afraid to tell Mister O'Shea what she thinks. Oh yeah, like <laughs> I'm not wearing that French outfit. <laughs> I know, like she doesn't back down from him, and she tells him, and mm-hmm. she know. But and I like that too. Like yeah, you know. So I did. I did like that with her too. How would you rate? For the Love of Liberty, and would you recommend this book for our listeners to read? I would rate it three lassos and most definitely would recommend it for our listeners to read. It was couldn't put it down type of book for me. I would recommend it. I liked it. And I would lean probably more towards a three on this one. Two and a half to three. Like my thing is like I get and I understand what Julie said. It's the passion in it. It's so different than what I'm used to reading. I know. It was harder for me to adjust to but I love the storyline because I kept wanting to read like what happens? Mm -hmm. What happens? What? Oh my gosh. You know. Yeah. So but I mean I like her passion because it's good. It's not. It's not dirty. It's not dirty Mm -hmm. but like she said you know it's within the confines of God's yeah. will. Like he is the author of passion. Like if you've ever read the songs of Sol- Solomon, mm-hmm. I mean, that's all about the passion between a husband and a wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to get so embarrassed by one of our friends before we got married. He would always be like, oh, so what's going to happen on your wedding night? You know, like my face would turn like beet red. And he goes at one point, he goes, I'm. I'm not trying to be mean, but he goes, it's nothing to be ashamed of. You don't need to be embarrassed. He goes, you really need to read that book. I mean, God 
God created that yeah. <laughs> that relationship for a man and woman. <laughs> I go, okay, but just stop harassing me about it. It's like embarrassing. <laughs> it's, like it's like a, you when a, you grow up in a home where it's like you don't you don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> And it makes you uncomfortable because I feel like it's more of a private thing. It is. It's behind the doors Door. thing. And it's just, you know, and it's like, I don't really want it to, mm-hmm. you know. But I like it because I can read them. It's just like she said, it's different. Yeah. Most of the mm-hmm. books don't have that. It's like you said. Yeah. The very end, oh, we got married and give a kiss and then we're done. Mm-hmm. So, but I would recommend it. It is a good I book. love that passion laced in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just, that is my kind of, because it's, it's reality. <laughs> yeah and i love that her characters are able to like again have the passion but keep it reined in you know what i mean not They're going not... too far with it yes yes, yes. Yeah. which is important so. yes yeah mm-hmm. so i gave it i broke the mold again i gave it a four i went above the three okay, so I, we need to four and five on the <laughs> i think we system. might have to yes adjust our system so like but... maybe three could be Two horns. I mean, I, it's like it's like a three plus 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 plus. How about that? Does that work? Not fair. I mean, like, how about that's like lassoed hogtied within two seconds? There you go. <laughs> you won the rodeo. That's right. We won the rodeo. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our discussion of Love's Silver Lining by Julie Lessman. We are excited to have Julie Lessman join us for episode 20 to give you the inside scoop in the Silver Lining Branch series. Remember, Julie is doing a giveaway for our listeners. Visit LiteraryEscape.com and sign up for a newsletter to enter for a chance to win one of her books. The winner of this giveaway will be announced at the end of episode 20, which will air on May 27th. As always, you can support the show by becoming a patron or purchasing books like these at LiteraryEscape.com. To stay up to date with special events, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, happy and blessed reading.